This episode is brought to you by Big Kitty Labs. If you're a startup company interested in building the next great technology platform, then Big Kitty Labs is the development firm for you. Check out their website and set up a consultation today. This episode is also brought to you by Ecove Startup Nursery. Ecove is a venture development company founded to pursue early stage investments in the Midwest. Visit ecovecapital.com and learn how they are bringing life-disrupting technology from the lab to humanity. Welcome to another episode of the 614 Startups Podcast, your entrepreneurial guide to life and success in Columbus, Ohio. Follow the stories of startup founders as they journey from idea to scale to impact. 614 Startups Nation. I am your host, Elio Harmon, and welcome to the 614 Startups Podcast. I am with Tanisha English of TJE Communications. Yes. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. All right, so we connected through a business contact of yours, Mm -hmm. Kim Savan. Yeah. Uh, And she was like, yo, I got this girl. I need you to meet her. She's an excellent (laughs) entrepreneur. I think she would make a good... Uh, guests on your show and I'm like okay 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 cool let's talk about it and then she tells me who you are and I do some background research I see the business that you're in I see the work that you're putting in and I'm like yo I have to have her on the show so welcome (laughs) yes thank you thank you I'm glad to be here all right awesome so real quick what's what does TJE communications do so I do digital marketing services for small businesses so essentially helping with content planning and strategy for social media as well as email marketing and more recently uh, my background is actually in public relations so I've been bringing that more to the forefront lately as well okay so I'm all over the digital side of things yeah I don't understand public relations quite as well. Yeah. So I definitely want to get into that later. Okay. But your personal background, are you originally from Columbus? Give us the backstory on who you are. Yeah. So born and raised right here in Columbus, Ohio. Went to Groveport High School and Ohio Dominican University. So I never left. <laughs> and uh, I studied communications and public relations. Um, I was just telling somebody this the other day. So basically, I went to school thinking that I was going to work in radio. I wanted to be a radio personality. All right. <laughs> and um, so I worked at the radio station. And then I had a class with um, a friend named David Jolly, who introduced me to public relations. I'm like, well, what's that? So I joined the Public Relations Society. Um, my last year of school, I was the president for a year. Um, and then that that's when everything kind of just kicked off. So I graduated, could not find a job in my field at all, despite having like 10 internships throughout college, still couldn't find a job in my field. So I was like, okay, what can I do to still, you know, keep that background of things that I want to do while, you know, taking on a job to pay my bills. And I just started doing free work for people. So people would have me, you know, set up their social media or write press releases for them. And then I kind of thought about it like, hmm, maybe I should like turn this into into something. And so the name came about because those are my initials. <laughs> so those are going to be with me for life. And uh, purple is my favorite color. And after doing some research on how the psychological aspect of colors and branding 
everything fit well with me. Purple means royalty and loyalty, and it's just a very strong color, and it can resonate with males and females. So I decided that's perfect. So let's just roll with this. So you're even <laughs> thinking about the colors in yes, your brand. Yes, of okay. course. Yes. Gotcha. So, um, you know, we hear these stories. Like when I, 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 I'm not, I'm not that old, but I graduated high school in 1999, mm-hmm. and college was still a must. Yeah. And the expectation was, when you graduated from college, no matter what your degree was in, this is still 1999 now. Mm-hmm. It's not that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 20 years, but to me, it doesn't feel like. Long. <laughs> yeah. Then, if you went to college, you would be able to find a job. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere around like 2008, 2009, 2010, it started to become a reality that when you graduate, you know, you're going to have to have very specific degrees in order to be able to find a job. Yeah. When that news actually became your reality, what was that like? Man, that was rough because, like you said, growing up, I was taught you go to school, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree, get a job. And it was tough because, you know, I spent these four years, you know, working so hard. Um, I was also a resident assistant. So I lived on campus and was kind of like in charge of a floor in the dorm. So there were like a lot of like normal college like crazy things that I could not do because I was held to a different standard than other students on top of working so hard. So it was just really frustrating. I mean, there were definitely points where I'm like, did I like waste my time? Like, what was the point in doing all this? But um, I will say, though, that college, um, if it wasn't for me going to college, I would have just worked in radio because I thought that that's what I wanted to do. Um, But having, you know, the different courses and everything showed me new things. So I think the experience overall was great. But it was heartbreaking to work so hard and not be able to find a job in my field. And that happens to most people that I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very, very common story that I'm mm-hmm. hearing now. Um, so, okay, you start doing work for free. Yeah. Everybody loves free. Of course. All right. Everybody loves free So you stuff. don't have to pitch free very hard, right? <laughs> right. But what, what, what did you say to people... Uh, were you looking at specific companies? Was did you get started with family members? How did you like just start offering your services? I put out a tweet and I said, "Hey, I'm doing some free freelance work. If anybody needs <laughs> social media or PR, hit me up." Mm-hmm. And from there, it kind of just snowballed to people like, "Oh, I need this. I need that." Um, and it kind of just happened from there. Um, but the challenge <laughs> definitely came in when you start charging people for your services. The free was easy, but you definitely, I had to become more strategic and really think about my target audience when I really wanted to start bringing in money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, okay, so how long did this period of doing these con- consults work and what were some, some of the lessons that you learned? So I know the hard part is, it was free yesterday. Now you want to charge me for it today. That's yeah. the, I understand that. But what yeah. were some of the lessons learned as you were kind of doing that for people? I think um, it taught me a lot about myself also in that process because I would have an idea on a price. Like, okay, this is my price. And if I have enough clients at this price, I could do this and not have to work a real full-time job. 
I can work for myself. Um, but the process really there was to, you know, get the price. And I have had experiences where people would, you know, I tell them the price and they're like, oh, never mind. So like, oh, so I was good enough when it was free, but now that I want to charge you for it, it's like, oh, okay, never mind. Um, and so a lot of times I would fold on that. I'd be like, okay, well, what can you afford? And of course they'd lowball me something crazy and I would take it. Um, and it really just taught me that I had to stand firm and believe in my talent and know like, okay, well, sorry that that doesn't work out for you at this time. Hopefully in the future we can work together. Um, so it just taught me personally to know my worth and understand it and stand firm in that. Um, and that took some time. It took a couple years for me to really, you know, be like, no, like this is the price and that is it. I can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, that's, that's tough. Mm -hmm. That is tough because you've, you've given a lot of value. Mm -hmm. And when you go in for your ask, that kind of, no, I'm cool. It, yeah. it was all good. You were happy. Right. Until I made that. That can be very, very tough. Yeah. Uh, and so was it through that process that you identified that small businesses were going to be your niche? Or had you all, all, always had a passion for small businesses? How did you land on the fact that this is an area that you wanted to practice in, particularly for small businesses? Yeah, so my whole slogan is leveling the playing field. So, you know, you can go to like a really big corporation and pay them thousands of dollars to do everything for you. And you will be competing, you know, right there with, you know, the big brands of the world. But what I try to do is um, teach my clients. So as we're going through things, I'm telling them we're going to do this because of X, Y, and Z, not just, hey, give me more money to do this thing. Um, so small businesses was always like what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with those mom and pop shops so that they can compete with those big franchises on the same level. And it, it all it takes is just a good digital marketing strategy. Um, but where I had to shift my focus, so even with me, so I work full time during the day at a corporate job on top of balancing my businesses and my daughter and everything. Um, and I would not be my ideal client <laughs> because um, I'm still in that phase where I'm picky about the services that I'm willing to invest in. And I'm still in that DIY phase where there are certain things that I am willing to do for myself. And so I had to go after those clients who are already business is booming, they're good, they're operating, and now they understand that they need to outsource. So those are the clients that I need to work with. Right. So, um, and I learned that just from the simple fact of when I talk to those people and I tell them my price, they're like, great, let's do it. Because they know like I need this, so, and I know what you can do, so I trust you, let's just do it. Versus someone still in that DIY phase is kind of like, ah, I don't really know if I want to make mm -hmm. that investment. Yeah. Um, and the clients that you talk to that say yes, probably you're not their first quote. Right. And exactly. they know mm -hmm. what that tab can be mm -hmm. for the value of the services that you're providing. Yeah. So to them, they are getting a deal. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, you know, digital media, mm -hmm. you know, I don't really think 
maybe the the people that we're talking to that listen to this podcast understand hopefully they do at this point yeah the new paradigm that we're in yeah you know television radio even google adwords Mm -hmm. we're now in this whole content marketing world yeah and that's the space that you live in Mm -hmm. whether you're a large company mid-sized company and especially a small business Mm -hmm you need to be creating content. So when you're going in and you got this new contract, how do you onboard this new client? How do you look at their brand before you start to actually create a strategy for them to go out and tell their story? Yeah, so a lot of creeping around on social media (laughs) to dig back at things that they have done in the past. Um, And some of the things that they have done are great, it's just the execution kind of needed to be shifted a little bit. So the first thing I do first is I want to understand your goals. So why are you on social media exactly? Is it to make money? Are you trying to just build brand awareness? Or are you just here because you heard that you needed a Facebook page, so you're just here to do it? Um, So those are the first things. And then from there, um, so I work off of and live off of my content calendar. And I do this for all of my clients where basically, so right now, I'm already looking at November and a little bit into December. So this is the calendar of the month. These are all the holidays that are coming up this month. Which one of these holidays kind of relate to your brand? Um, And what events do you have coming up that you want me to speak to? So we kind of work together on the calendar so that everybody's aligned on this month. These are all the things that we're focusing on. These are our goals for the month. These are the emails that we're doing, the social media posts that we're doing. Then at the end of the month, we go back and we look at all of those things and see, okay, what worked and what didn't work so that we could tweak it for the next month. Mm -hmm. So I love when my clients are really hands-on. I have some who like by now are like, yeah, whatever you wanna do, cool, just do your thing. But I really do love when um, clients are hands-on and they work with me and tell me like, oh, what if we tried this? Or, hey, let's try this. And that's when it gets fun because you can try all these new things and be innovative um, and just really work hand-in-hand is what I prefer. Um, So really, initially, I'm like in the beginning, okay, what's up? What are your goals? What exactly are we doing here? And even before, honestly... I take on a client because I've turned people down if I don't feel that our goals and our work um, methods align. Um, So that's also a big thing, too. Even in the beginning, before we decide we're going to work together, I want to know, okay, so what are your expectations of me? Are you expecting me to be on call 24-7 because I have a two-year-old? That can't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, just really getting down to, like, let's just cut everything out like what are your goals and from there that's how we build everything up got you and so do your clients understand this idea that social is not just push Mm -hmm. you know black friday sale day after christmas sale but it's also creating content to attract your target customer to your brand Mm -hmm. how are you working with your clients to understand they need to be creating infotainment on social yeah and that's definitely a big conversation too because sometimes they don't want to be like in the forefront 
and they don't want to kind of be like for me I'm like the face of my brand so you know I'll make a Facebook live or Instagram live um, and talk about those things but sometimes um, that can be hard for, for a small business owner because you know they want it to be about the business and not necessarily about them um, so you know for me, I just try to continue to educate them on the importance of content marketing. Um, and it takes time for them to get on board. Some of them are still trying to get on board if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but for the ones that are, you know, it's great to to work with them and see them get excited about it too. Um, and really try to create, you know, content that's not just about hey, buy this thing, shop here, here's a coupon code. Um, and it's really about, you know, creating um, information, you know, because you want to stay at the top of mind. So when someone does need that service, they'll say, oh, yeah, I saw, you know, Tanisha's tip of the month. Maybe I'll reach out to her, things like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there are a lot of great examples of founders mm-hmm. whose personal brands are just as big as their company's brand. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, even if you don't want to be in front of the camera, mm-hmm. we live in a culture right now where people want to see how the sausage is made. Yeah. They yeah. want to know the person behind the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's one of the things that I try to be mindful of mm-hmm. with kind of some of the things that we do on social yeah. is... You know, we're trying to build a platform for the people. Mm-hmm. So I know I need to be a person of the people. I have yeah. to touch the people. I have to be able for people to feel like they can relate to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, I don't know, have a massage parlor mm-hmm. and you want to talk about the benefits of massage, you're not just going to keep putting out your coupon code on social. Right. You need to be talking about different issues that massage actually relieves, mm-hmm. like sciatica or foot pain or back pain, yeah. and get in front of the camera because that people are really buying you. Yeah. You know, they want you to be their consultant. And so, you know, that's one of the big things I think startups need to understand is like, yeah, you do X, but... Technically, you're also a media company and you need to be connecting with your customers on that level as well. Exactly. And what you said is exactly what content marketing is, you know, Um, building brand awareness. And that just allows you to stay top of mind. So when someone is looking for a massage, you're like, oh, yeah, like I saw, you know, five tips on why massages are important. Um, But you're right. You know, a lot of people don't think about that, but that is is what makes a business especially like you said in this day and age everyone's looking to support small businesses especially black owned businesses a lot too Mm -hmm. um so that is really crucial for a small business if you're not willing to tell your story then what makes you different from a big brand yeah i agree now um i think most people understand social even if it's just on a surface level they know the Facebook, they know Twitter, mm-hmm. they know Instagram, they know the names of these platforms. Yeah. PR to me though is still a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. So what is public relations and why is it important for a small business? 
In my mind, public relations is really the foundation of a business. So you can be on social media all day long, but Essence Magazine or Cosmopolitan is not going to know who you are. I mean, maybe if you go viral, um, but, you know, if you really want to be seen by, you know, these major publications or be in the news or anything like that, you need to have public relations. So essentially... um, PR is kind of like having a media strategy. So, you know, if you're releasing a product, what do you do? Do you just put it on social media? No. You should have, you know, publications that may relate to your industry that you can send that information to. Maybe you send them a media kit. Or if you have connections in local news, you know, maybe try to get on one of their, you know, Saturday morning specials or things like that. Um, I feel like a lot of people forget about that. (laughs) They go straight to digital like, yep, I'm just going to make a Facebook page and wonder why there's no growth there because you really have to get out there. You know, even speaking engagements or, um, you know, going to different workshops and conferences and trying to to be in front of people, that is having a PR and media strategy. You know what? That is... It's common sense, Mm -hmm. but not common practice. Right. You know, people skip over that. Mm -hmm. They go with traditional marketing. So they're running ads on whatever platform somebody's told them they should be running ads Mm -hmm. on. Uh, They're making cold calls. So they're doing their sales thing. They're telling friends, families, and maybe maybe even their customers. Mm -hmm. They're doing social, maybe not as consistently, maybe not as cleanly as they should. But the glaring area that most people just completely don't think about, maybe some of our audience, they they do some of it if they have the money to invest. But like you said, for a small business, they might not have the resources. And so when, when you're thinking... PR strategy, at least your approach to it, Mm. what are some of the core components of a PR strategy that are just foundational, must have for a small business? I would say you definitely need a media kit or Mm -hmm. some sort of one-sheeter. So if somebody reached out to you today and said, hey, you know, what do you do? Um, What do you have going on? You should have something on hand to say, here you go. Here's all my stats. Here's all the great things I've done. Here are the people that I've worked with. There you go. So that's number one. Um, I think you also need to have um, uh, a core list of uh, media people or news people that are on your radar. And so that if you do have something coming up, you can hand that over to them. Um, And honestly, I think those are the two big things. You need to have your media kit and you need to have your list of people that you reach out to. And now with digital marketing, Maybe it's not uh, Yolanda Harris. Like, maybe you don't have that contact, but you might have uh, Susan who runs a cooking blog that gets thousands of people to look at it and you so happen to, you know, cook. So you can reach out to her and say, hey, can you try my recipe? I'm launching a new cookbook. And you send it to Susan and she reads it and she does the recipe and she posts about it and she shares it with her thousands of followers. And that's also public relations too. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, digital has helped, but you still need that core foundation to really continue to push your business. Yeah. And you know, you don't just preach, you also practice and you're not just running one account, at least on IG, which is where I'm active. (laughs) Yes. It's like you have like a couple brands that you're running simultaneously that are personal to you. Yeah. Respect the Hustle, I think is one of them. TJE Communications. Yeah. 
And but all of them are on brand. All yeah. of them are consistent. And I can see that you have an editorial calendar working because <laughs> yeah. that stuff comes out. You know, I almost know when it's going to come out, <laughs> yeah. or at least it feels like I know when it's going to yeah. come out. And your Tuesday tips mm-hmm. are right on point. They're relatable. They don't have to be anything fancy, like for your customers. I mean, most of the time you do it when you're like parked in your car or right, something. Right, or you saw the last one where my phone fell off the thing. And you actually posted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things that, you know, I learned from you already just by following you mm-hmm. is that media kit. Yeah. Because I've had sponsors reach out to me and say, oh, well, just send me your media kit. And because I'm new to this, mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. And yeah. so you were talking about it on your most recent Tuesday tip. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I almost lost a deal because I didn't have a media kit. And you offered to, to kindly take a look at it when I actually wrote it out. So yeah. what she's saying is absolutely true. And I have firsthand experience of not having a media kit on hand and almost losing a deal. So I think mm-hmm. that's critical. Yeah. So right now at this phase in your business, like you said, you're still DIY. Mm-hmm. You're still bootstrap. Uh, how can our audience, right, if they find what you're talking about interesting and they want to learn more, maybe they want to engage you, you know, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? How can they help you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am at T-J-E-C-O-M-M. And really from there, you can find Respect the Hustle. I also run a Black Women in Business Instagram page as well. Um, or my website, tjecommunications.com. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to make a concerted effort uh, of having more females on. So yeah. like, if you look at like my first 20 something episodes, uh-huh. it's like maybe one female yeah. so far, I think. So, and I always like to kind of inquire about um, different perspectives, mm-hmm. right? Because I get them so rarely. Yeah. So in terms of being a business owner, female, black business owner as well, um, what is, can, can, you, can you give me any perspective into what you think might be very unique about your journey? I think that I am kind of blossoming, blossoming in the perfect time because of just the climate that is right now where black business um, people want to support us, especially women businesses. Um, So I think I'm definitely coming up in the right time. And I think what has been key for me is to have a community um, who I can reach out to, other women in business who I can um, look up to, who guide me, even Kim, you know, initially, when I told her uh, some of my prices and we were first trying to, you know, figure out how we can help each other, she was like, oh my gosh, do not tell anybody that is your price. That is ridiculous. And she told me, no, you got to bump that up. And I still was like, really? Like, do you think people would pay? She's like, nope, do it. And if they don't, oh, well, they're stupid. Just do it. Um, So just having those people to check you um, when, you know, you might be slipping or when they feel like, hey, come on, you can do better than that. Like raise those prices or, hey, you have this event coming up. Maybe you can promote it like this instead of like that has been key for Mm -hmm. me, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. I really like that. Uh, And so recently I read an article. I saw something on social where you were part of this cohort of like young people who yes. are doing the damn thing. Yes. 
Tell us about that. Oh my God. So Role Model Magazine is a magazine that really just highlights girls and tries to give them positivity. And I was a part of this event called She is Unstoppable. And I was sitting next to 12 year olds who have their own businesses and they are flourishing. Um, So I got to be on a panel about girl bosses, speaking to like a room full of middle school girls. And it was just so amazing Um, because most of the entrepreneurs in there were younger than me. So it was just so cool to see that they were like, yep, I already know what I want to do. I'm just going to start it now. I'm not going to wait. And they're doing it. One of the girls, um, she has a book signing in a couple weeks. I'm like, what the heck? She's like 17. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. That's all. And that's you can all. tell that, like I said before, with the climate, you can tell that girls are like, wait a minute, I can do that. And they're just going at it. It was so cool. That's yeah. awesome. And I, and I have a two-year-old daughter, so... Things like that really put a smile on my face yeah. and exposing her things to things like that really, mm-hmm. really early early, and kind of opening up her mind to all the possibilities that are that are out there is important to me. Yeah, I make sure, um, not all the time because my daughter's crazy. She's two also, so you understand that mm-hmm. crazy toddler stage. But I try to bring her to my events every so often just so that she's there. And maybe she rem- she'll remember, maybe not, but... You know, I try to bring her around and make sure that she's out with me at some of these events and stuff, too. Okay, so if you could snap your finger and make the perfect world 10 years from now, where do you want your business to be and what would you like your impact to be? 10 years from now, I would love to be um, working full time, Uh, maybe not necessarily hands on with clients. I would like to have some employees, maybe do more high level business coaching. Um, And I would love to continue. you know, working with young girls and helping them with their self-confidence and just letting them know they can be whatever they want to be. Uh, I'm on the board of a nonprofit called One Girl, um, and our mission is that if you empower one girl, you can change a community. Um, so I want to be able to um, be more hands-on in that aspect of my business as well, um, on top of, you know, just continue to help small businesses grow and bloom and level the playing field between themselves and all the all those big brands out there. That's awesome. Yeah. So, guys, if you're listening, um, you know, connect with TJE Communications. If you need to get your digital strategy together, if you need to get to your PR together, if you need to do a consultation, if you follow her page, she's giving away 30-minute <laughs> consultations, too. So if you just yes. want to talk to her, if you're not quite ready to sign on the dotted line but you need some advice, she's out here providing a ton of value. Now, with every podcast, we close it out with my one takeaway. And my one takeaway tonight is know your value. Yes. You can never put a price on who you truly are, um, but we have to price things. And if you have to uh, put a price on the service that you provide, please make sure that it's in line with your true value. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the 614 Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon. Peace. Thank you so much for joining us on the 614 Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon. Episodes of the podcast roll out every week at www.614startups.com and on iTunes. Don't forget, follow us on IG and Facebook at 614 Startups. Peace.